The service of prayer and preaching for Populous Zion, the second Sunday in Advent, December 4th, 2022. The opening hymn is LSB 336. Lo, he comes with clouds descending. Worshippers with one. 
prayer and preaching on page 260 using the advent versicles this is the day which the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it from the rising of the sun to its setting the name of the lord is to be praised out of zion the perfection of beauty god shines forth our god shall come he does not keep silence prepare the way of the lord make his paths straight shower o heavens from above and let the skies rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation may sprout forth. From the rising of the sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. With joy will you draw water from the wells of salvation, and you will say in that day, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the peoples, Proclaim that his name is exalted. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Sing praises to the Lord, for he has done gloriously. Let this be made known in all the Shout and sing for joy, O inhabitants of Zion, for great in your midst is the Holy One of Israel. The Lord God is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. The Lord God 
is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. A reading from Malachi, the fourth chapter. For behold, the day is coming, burning like an oven, when all the arrogant and all evildoers will be stubble. The day that is coming shall set them ablaze, says the Lord of hosts, so that it will leave them neither root nor branch. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You shall go out leaping like calves from the stall, and you shall tread down the wicked, for they will be ashes under the soles of your feet. On the day when I act, says the Lord of hosts, remember the law of my servant Moses, the statutes and just decrees that I commanded him at Horeb for all Israel. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes, and he will turn the hearts of the fathers to their children and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue then with the introit for this day. Uh, verses from Psalm 80, the antiphon coming from Isaiah chapter 62 and Isaiah chapter 30. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. The Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and you shall have gladness of heart. Give ear, O shepherd of Israel, you who lead Joseph like a flock. You who are enthroned upon the cherubim, shine forth. Restore us, O God. Let your face shine, that we may be saved. Turn again, O God of hosts, look down from heaven and see. But let your hand be on the man of your right hand, the Son of Man, whom you have made strong for yourself. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and will be forever. Amen. Say to the daughter of Zion, Behold, your salvation comes. The Lord will cause his majestic voice to be heard, and you shall have gladness of heart. A reading from Romans, the 15th chapter. Whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. May the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another, in accord with Jesus Christ, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore we welcome one another as Christ has welcomed you, for the glory of God. For I tell you that Christ became a servant to the circumcised to show God's truthfulness in order to confirm the promises given to the patriarchs and in order that the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy. 
as it is written, Therefore I will praise you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. And again it is said, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people. And again, Praise the Lord, all you Gentiles, and let all the peoples extol him. And again, Isaiah says, The root of Jesse will come, even he who arises to rule the Gentiles. In him will the Gentiles hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In a reading from Luke, the 21st chapter, Jesus said, There will be signs in sun and moon and stars, and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times praying that you may have strength to escape all of these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We continue with the Advent Responsory on page 263. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. He shall reign as king and deal wisely. He shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. This is the name by which he will be called. The Lord is our righteousness. We continue with the Ten Commandments, the Apostles' Creed, and the Lord's Prayer. You shall have no other gods. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife, or his manservant or maidservant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, 
the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text is the Epistle as in Romans chapter 15. Today is the second Sunday in Advent, and today we move one step closer to the very threshold of the stable where Jesus will be born. This is the season of repentance and preparation, and today is all about hope. The theme is hope even in the midst of what it seems like dark and trying times. It is on the basis of hope that we examine our lives in order to expose all the sins and shortcomings that stand between us and the manger where our Savior is laid. It would be wonderful, would it not, if we could come to Christmas Eve this year having conquered all the sins that nag at us. How wonderful if we could sit at the feet of the manger with every problem, every concern that weighs us down, and every worry 100% completely resolved. What a Merry Christmas it would be if only we could have that new start where everything is fresh and new and clean again, just like the birth of a new baby. The reality is, as anyone who has been involved in childbirth knows, new births are not clean. It takes a bit of work to get them clean and presentable, and even then, it is never devoid of problems, difficulties, sorrows, pains, and trials. Yet we enjoy those moments of clean diapers and baby smells. We revel in their smiles and coos, and we will come to Christmas in the midst of sin and darkness and dreariness and cold, and we will join in singing the hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. Our hopes and fears all meet here, in this child, in Jesus. This is our Christian hope. This sounds strange, does it not? To hope and live as though something can become new, even though it has not happened in your eyes yet. This the Christian hope proclaim this is the Christian hope that Paul proclaims. The Roman Christians believed in the good news of great joy for them in Jesus, just as you do today. But things were not automatically perfect for them once they realized this love of God. In the chapter just before our text, St. Paul has just addressed a problem that was separating the people from each other. They were believers, there, there were believers on each side of the divine, but they were not getting along with each other. And what was it that they were divided about? It seems pretty petty today. They were arguing about diets and days. What one should eat and how one should spend their days was the source of their bitter divide. The Jewish Christians observed a certain day as the only and proper day to worship, while the Gentile Christians said the same about a different day. Others also said that every day ought to be a day of worship, and one can easily see these sides being said with self-righteous smiles on their faces. They also fought about being vegetarians or eating meat, 
And if there were foods they could not eat because the heathen peoples around them were eating certain foods sacrificed to idols. Paul teaches them that each side was right and each side was wrong when it came to days and diets because they didn't understand Christian liberty. They didn't understand the reasons involved in being sensitive to the conscience of weaker Christians. They did not understand at the time that God sees faith, not diet or day. What St. Paul does to these arguing factions is simply divine. He writes to them to drop their differences and with one voice praise God. In verse 7, he tells them to welcome one another. Then in verses 9 through 12, he reminds them of God's faithfulness. It's not unusual that he reminds them of unity and points to God's faithfulness. What is so unusual here is Paul issues this plea and paints the picture for unity within the very frame of Christian hope. Our first verse, verse 4, says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through the encouragement of the scriptures we might have hope. Our last verse, verse 13, says, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The problem was that Roman Christians were not praising God with one voice. They were arguing with each other and were not welcoming one another. They were shunning and condemning each other. They based their hope on something and someone other than where it was to be placed. Christian hope is not, I hope you Christians at Rome get along with each other. Christian hope declares, live like you are getting along right now. Hiding in the background here is a whole bunch of expectations, of course. The funny thing about expectations is they're never neutral. If you expect something, you either expect it will be good or that it will be bad, and therefore you either hope or you fear. Sitting down in a chair without first testing it is an act of hope based on the expectation that it will work out for the good. Testing the chair first before you sit is an act of fear. It's driven by fear that something bad will happen. We know and joke about how nothing in this world is guaranteed or endures forever. All chairs known to man will fail, yet we still mostly act in hope. If we sit without first testing the chair because we trust in God's mercy and believe that he is good so that it doesn't really matter to us if the chair fails or not, then we do so as an act of faith. We're like the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. But if we sit without first testing, because we trust in wood and steel, in the ingenuity of men, we think that it will last forever, then we're the most foolish of men. I know you, like me, have done both. Sometimes we've been wise and acted in accordance with God's promises. Other times we've acted without a thought to God at all and been foolish. We've sat down in chairs with absolute confidence in man. And sometimes we've done both at the same time. As God's children, we can rejoice in the sights and sounds of the season, as well as the broken chairs and even in our aches and pains. We can rejoice in all things precisely because we are people of godly hope. Our confidence is in Christ, and what are these things but signs of the end? Instead of Santa down a chimney, Jesus is coming at a time when no one knows. We prepare for his coming, and we set out our works for our neighbors, even wrapping them in glittery paper and special bows. We give food and water to those who are in need, and we hear the footsteps on the roof. The sounds are all around us, and we know, repent, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. The world does not have this hope. 
They put out various platitudes and paint sugary pictures of gumdrops and silent posturing where not even mice are stirring, but the world is afraid. We see this in its frantic efforts to calm itself by chasing after any image it can, clinging in any image it can cling to, to feel better about itself. From snowmen who <laughs> will live forever as they work through the, the science of the water cycle to the disgruntled working man who looks for love in all the wrong places until that one magical moment, one magical item that puts it all into rightness, at least for a while. The world rushes to things of this world, turns science and medicine into gods, as if the only things that matter are answers to death and taxes. As it sees these as the only unavoidable entities, the world rushes to hide itself in pleasure and in self-righteousness. The world is in distress. It's filled with anxiety and worry and doubt. Their hearts are failing them in fearful expectation of what is coming. They aren't completely wrong, and they're right to be afraid. While it may not happen the way they think, one way or another, this world will end. And if they do not repent, then they will be banished to the place prepared for Satan and his angels. But this is not for us. The seeds of division and discord and fear are not for us who are in Christ. Our hope is not in the things where moth and rust destroy. Our hope is in the one who is to come and is coming again with all his glory. We know of the seed promised to Adam and Eve who crushed the head of the old evil foe who means deadly woe. We live in this time of harvest and we can enjoy the figs and the fruits of his labor. We love the harvest even though it leaves the fields devastated. Broken chairs and family anxieties and cancer and blindness and high blood pressure only mean that the end is now closer than it was before and we are filled with hope. We expect something most good. For we know that even as the death of Jesus is the life of the world, so this decaying earth, our dying bodies, and even the very destruction of the universe is our deliverance. Nothing here endures or can be trusted, not chairs made of wood and steel, not good men elected by a fair process, not competent doctors and nurses with the best of intentions and deep knowledge. Only the word of God endures forever. We lift up our heads. Christ, our redemption, draws near. Jesus is coming for us, and we gladly go with him. Thus does the God of hope fill us with all joy and peace in believing and cause us to abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. This is not wishful thinking. It is trust in God's word. Scripture was written for our learning. It was also written so that through its patience and comfort, we would have hope. Godly hope is discontent in, in this broken world, angry at injustices and wickedness, ready to leave the chairs behind, and yet at the same time hope rebels against despair. Christ is arisen, not all is lost. In fact, in terms of what matters and endures, everything has been gained. Hope, therefore, is courage to look to the future. It rejoices in the expectation of divine justice tempered by steadfast mercy. Hope energizes the faithful in the midst of civilization's destruction so that they found schools, plant trees, and produce art. Hope loves Advent and Christmas, for even in sadness and uncertainty about the immediate future, it has all joy and peace in believing. This is true Christian hope. 
Your problems, sins, sorrows, and weaknesses may be with you this Christmas Eve. When you stand at the foot of the manger, there may be fears of past sins and fear of future anxieties. That doesn't mean you're less of a Christian. That does not mean you cannot celebrate Christmas in all of its joy, not if you have Christian hope. That is, hope in God's forgiveness that you rise with Jesus every morning. You make the sign of the cross in the morning and remember your baptism as a visible reminder that you have a new Adam. You are God's child. That is a reality even if you don't feel that way. No one can set up a projector and tell you exactly how all of your problems will be resolved, but the Bible does teach us that in Christian hope we live as though they have been resolved because in Christ they have been. To live as though the weakness and failures that still accompany you to the stable have been overcome is to live in hope. That is the great now, not yet. The Christmas event is evidence of God keeping his promise. The very reality of Good Friday, the day when the Lord Jesus Christ died for all your sins, is the payment for your very life from sin, death, and all the power of the devil. His rising from the dead is the very guarantee of the hope in which you and I dwell. Christian hope remains ever focused on the reality of the manger, the cross, and the empty tomb. It is this hope that we shout with one voice from our lips. It is this hope that we celebrate as we eat the very feast of thanksgiving upon the altar. Our gaze is directed to the altar where we eat for forgiveness, life, and salvation. The supper is the visible guarantee when there are no other guarantees that can give us any hope at all. This is the very pledge of Christ himself to sustain us in body and soul to life everlasting. He has conquered sin and death and gives you spoils of war. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in Christ, and it is my prayer for you this Advent season. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. We sing hymn LSB 834, O God, O Lord of heaven and earth. Thy 
for men. Our fatal will to equal Thee, our rebel will wrought death and night we seized and used in pride, full spite, Thy wondrous gift of liberty. Housed us in this house of doom, where death had royal scope and room, until thy servant, Prince of Peace, breached all its walls for our release. Thou camest to our hall of death, O Christ, to breathe our poison dare to drink for us the dark despair that strangled our reluctant breath. How beautiful the feet that trod the road that leads us back to God, how beautiful the feet that ran to bring the great good news to man. O Spirit who didst once restore thy church that it might be again the bringer of good news to men breathe on thy cloven church once more that in these gray and latter days there may be those whose life is praise, each life a high doxology to Father, Son, and unto In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the gift of divine peace and of pardon with all our heart and with all our mind, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the holy Christian church, here and scattered throughout the world, and for the proclamation of the gospel and the calling of all to faith, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this nation, for our cities and communities, and for the common welfare of us all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For seasonable weather and for the fruitfulness of the earth, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For those who labor, for those whose work is difficult or dangerous, and for all who travel, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For all those in need, for the hungry and homeless, for the widowed and orphaned, and for all those in prison, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the sick and the dying, and for all those who care for them, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Finally, for these and for all our needs of body and soul, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. 
Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Stir up our hearts, O Lord, to make ready the way of your only begotten Son, that by his coming we may be enabled to serve you with pure minds, through the same Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Blessed Lord, you have caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning. Grant that we may so hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by the patience and comfort of your holy word, we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. I thank you, my Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, your dear Son, that you have kept me this night from all harm and danger. And I pray that you would keep me this day also from sin and every evil, that all my doings and life may please you. For into your hands I commend myself, my body and soul and all things. Let your holy angel be with me, that the evil foe may have no power over me. Amen. Christ has been raised from the dead, Alleluia, Alleluia. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death has no more dominion over him. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia, alleluia. Dying, Christ dies to sin once for all. Living, he lives to God. Count yourselves as dead to sin and alive to God. In Christ Jesus our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead. Alleluia. Let us bless the Lord. Thanks be to God. The Almighty and merciful Lord, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, bless and preserve us. Amen. Our final hymn is LSB 333, Once He Came in Blessing. Once he came in blessing, all our sins redressing. 
proclaim in likeness lowly, Son of God most holy. For the cross to save us, hope and freedom gave us. Now he gently leads us, with himself he feeds us, precious food from heaven, pledge of peace here given. Manna that will nourish, souls that they may flourish. Soon will come the dark, when with mighty power Christ will come in splendor, then will judgment render. With the faithful sharing, joy beyond compare. Come then, O Lord Jesus, from our sins release us. Keep our hearts believing that we grace receiving. Never may confess you till in heaven we bless you.